You're listening to Listen More with Paige Crystal Wilcox. This is a podcast where I listen to people from around the world who tell me what they would like to see less and more of in characters similar to themselves. Something that's important for this podcast as a sign of respect and empowerment is to allow each guest to introduce themselves in the way that they see fit. So without further ado, could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Hi everyone, I'm Stephanie Dower. I'm a filmmaker. I specialize in editing, producing, and also do some writing. Um, I've been working in the sector for about 10 years almost, and I have a physical disability, which means I use a motorized wheelchair. Thank you very much for being here today. I really value your opinion in this space. It's always exciting for me when I guess I get the intersection of someone who is familiar with working within the industry as well as someone who sees themselves in characters and kind of sees sees a better better way forward. Mm. In terms of the media that you would like to discuss for this podcast episode, is there a particular one that you would like to focus on? I mean, I... In terms of my work, I make films and I maybe not so much make TV shows, but I love watching TV shows. We're definitely in a golden age of TV at the moment. So that's particularly what I would be able to talk about. (laughs) Excellent. Something that I love to hear people talk about is how their perception has changed over their lifetime. So if you're happy to and comfortable with it, I'd love to hear a bit about how you felt watching stories and film and television growing up mm-hmm. and whether that has changed and whether you feel hopeful for the future as well. But we mm-hmm. can get to that later on down <laughs> the track. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly been a journey. I Yeah, I grew up watching all kinds of TV and films, I particularly love musicals, I love romance, I love drama. Um, In case you don't know, I'm a very girly girl at times. (laughs) I, yeah, I've always loved, I guess, the the wonderment of film and TV, the sort of the escapism, the going to worlds that are simpler and have, um, you know, that wholesome energy to them that's what I'm drawn to but the thing that I never really saw in those types of tv shows and movies was someone that looked like me and someone who shared my experiences of disability or the way I have to go about things that might be slightly different to what you would consider a typical way of doing things that to me kind of I guess I wasn't really fully aware of it when I was young um you know growing up I was just felt like just one of the kids and I wasn't really aware of I guess my differences at that stage but as you get older you become more aware of the world around you and um you know particularly after puberty and all that kind of stuff you know your life is changing you're going through big transitions and so I didn't really have those role models or those people that I could look to Um, whether in real life or on the screen in particular, which is what we, you know, fill our our free time with, with people that I could sort of, um, I guess, base my 
future experiences on. I remember, so just to disclose the disability or the diagnosis I was given when I was very young was juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And so when people hear the word arthritis, they think of, first of all, an older person. They don't think of a young person that uses a motorized wheelchair because nine times out of 10, people with arthritis are actually walking as well. And so I remember when I was young, if I ever did see someone, it would usually be on like a current affair or the news or something like that. If I ever saw someone with arthritis, they would be old, older and they would be walking. And so I remember distinctly thinking at one point, oh, like when I'm, when I'm growing up and I'm walking, I'll be able to do this and that. And that was just such, you know, the, that had no basis in reality. That's, but that's all I could connect to in, you know, sort of in that world. So um, I think, yeah, like not having those sort of, um, not having that representation really did distort my sort of, my perspective of myself, particularly when I was young. Um, but and, you know, like it hasn't really changed that much over time. I think the thing that really started changing for me, and it wasn't until I would say maybe like five or so years ago, social media became a bigger thing. And I started connecting with and seeing people on social media that did live like me, that did share my experience of physical disability that I could can relate to on that kind of level. And so I think that sort of was a great platform to make those connections and also see those, see that representation for the first time. And so that kind of, I guess that there's a thing, you know, disability pride. That was sort of the first time that I started to feel that because before that I was like, disability is sad. If I ever did see it, it was, as I said, in a current affair or something like that. And it was just pitiful and patronizing, condescending, all of all of those fun words. Yeah, so social media was great for that. And I think what it's done is it's given us more of, it hasn't given us a voice, it's given us a platform to share our voices and to share our perspectives and connect with more people, which then in turn, I think is very slowly influencing the characters that we're seeing on screen, on TV, in films. So we are slowly seeing a change. It's a very, very slow change, but I, I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling optimistic. It's hard to feel optimistic in the world at the moment, I think. But yeah, no, I think I'm starting to see more filmmakers become more aware of what disability inclusion looks like, what incidental inclusion looks like. In case the audience don't know what some of these terms mean, uh, can you explain what incidental inclusion is? Yeah. So incidental inclusion is when you have a character on screen with some sort of disability, but the point of the story is not centred around that, that disability. It means that you could see someone, you know, in the background of a scene, walk, you know, walking, rolling down the street and they may be in a wheelchair. So the, the focus is not on that disability, but you see it in the world of the story. And that kind of stuff means that, you know, we, that's a very small example, but it may, you know, just simply seeing that on screen gives us the sense that we have a place in the world that we do actually belong in this world. So that's kind of what I would say incidental representation is, yeah. I'm very familiar with that concept 
but haven't heard actually that term for it before. So mm. I'm excited to add that to my vocab. Nice. I, I do like that idea of any kind of diversity in a story not being there for the point of diversity and their diversity not being there as a plot point mm. or just to create some sort of friction. Mm. I do love that idea that we can just be living our lives and mm. we just happen to have these other parts to ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes it's in play, sometimes it's not, and it can affect the way we do things or don't do things, but that doesn't mean that the whole story has to be about mm. about that one thing. Yeah, I mean, as an individual, disability is not my defining trait, I would say. It's a part of my life and it can be a bigger part sometimes more than others but overall it's just one part of my life I don't go out and exist in the world to show people that I have a disability I go out to go to work I go out to have fun with friends I go out to travel and experience life so yeah why can't we do that more on screen absolutely I've heard you speak a little bit about your personal feelings with regard to representation in terms of other people seeing you represented in media and how that affects how they behave towards you. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the reason that I work in film and TV production, I really, I strongly believe that what we see on screen and the actions of characters and the behaviours of characters strongly influences how society lives and reacts and behaves in real life as well. So because for so long on screen and in these narratives, disability has been so negative, so this is the thing that you want to avoid most in life, like the worst thing that could happen to you is you have to live life from a, from the perspective of a wheelchair user, like, all of these really doom and gloom kind of like kind of stories and perspectives and that's all that we've had in terms of disability representation then in turn that's what people that's how people see it in real life as well they see disability as and something other something to avoid something that could never happen to me something to to pity and and be sad about and think that their life people with disabilities lives are so small and and you know unfulfilled so, you know, I think we are starting to get more disability, more, more proper and authentic disability representation on screen. And I think that's slowly changing and that in turn sort of influences, you know, policy creation. And, you know, if we have a voice, if we have more of a voice that is louder and, and heard by more people, it goes, yeah, as I said, it goes into policy creation. It goes into infrastructure around our cities and around the world it goes into it goes into all aspects of of our life so I think um it's so important I mean all kinds of representation not just disability it's so important on on screen because we all want to be treated as human beings we all want to be respected as human beings and if we don't see that on screen then society has nothing I guess to sadly base their own perceptions on because we are so heavily influenced by by what we see in film and tv and media absolutely if you are the first person 
with a particular trait that someone has met, the only thing that they have to go on is media that mm. that they have taken on beforehand. And I'm very excited to see the change happening in this space, though I do appreciate that it is very slow, but there are a lot of people in a lot of places who are trying mm-hmm. and, and that's exciting. So aside from trying to find those people who are doing this good work like yourself and supporting either by watching or donating or sharing, do you have any advice on, on allies? So allies can be any, anyone who wants to do better and to help improve the situation, but they don't personally in this uh, instance live with disability. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for how these people can help improve the, the number, even just the number of authentic representations of people living with disability? I think it's quite simple um, in terms of what allies can do. And I think that is talk to people with disabilities. None of us are very good at putting ourselves into the shoes of someone else. We've tried and it's just never felt quite, quite right. It's never felt quite authentic. But when we talk and bring people into the fold that have the lived experience that we may be writing a story about or we may be basing a character on or if we bring that lived experience into the mix it only enriches what we're doing and it not only you know benefits the the story development or the project that we're working on but it gives value to it, it boosts the value of the individual who does live with disability and you're bringing into the mix as people with disabilities for so long we have been you know, as an example that has happened to me, you know, taken out for coffee to, for a filmmaker or for a, a writer to ask me questions about my own experience. And, and I would share that experience, particularly in my younger years, because you don't know any better and you want to make connections and all of that. So you go and you share and then nothing really happens after that. You're not necessarily brought on as a writer you're not necessarily brought on to consult you're not brought on to get a credit like and that right there is exploitation because not only am I not getting you know sort of exposure as like a writer as a professional I'm also not getting compensation which is another big thing that people with disabilities in the past have not been financially compensated for their value input as well so um, I know you know people like Ali Finlay and Dylan Olcott have always, you know, have been massive supporters and campaigners for no one with disability working. And that's the thing, it's working. It's not just, you know, doing whatever, it's, it's working, it's bringing value to a project. So nothing about us without us, nothing, you know, we're not going to give you this value for free either. So please, you know, but, you know, talk to us, value us as professionals value us as you know the value us for the value that we're bringing to you and your story your project um because audiences are smart nowadays audiences see straight through characters and stories that don't have that authenticity that lived experience behind them so you know value us for for bringing that to to the story to the screen carly actually was a big part of 
me learning to say no to people doing exactly what they've done to you and mm. I had filmmakers come come to me about saying oh I want to put this transgender character in and then they're like oh what do you think about this and I would give them my feedback because I'm like well at least they're consulting and you know mm. they haven't done that before mm. And then I would sometimes see the final product and they had disregarded it anyway, but, you know, that's like, oh, but we did consult. It just didn't work with the story. Or, or, they, or they misinterpret something or they, they take something that you've said and they, they twist it to fit the story that feel, you know, that kind of thing. It's, um, you know, unless you have someone with that lived experience, they're involved in the project I think you're missing out on a really valuable input. Definitely, definitely. We're starting to run out of time because I'm keeping these episodes 15 to 20 minutes long. So I always, I always like to talk a lot. So oh no, no, <laughs> it's great. Less less talking for me. <laughs> Are there any final words of advice you'd like to share with the audience who would like to do better? Who would like to do better? Um, I mean, you've said so many things and so well I think I'll just go back to you know don't don't be afraid to engage someone with disability be aware of your own unconscious bias because of that negative representation we've had throughout the last 50 60 100 however many years be aware of how that has influenced the way you see other people and check yourself I I constantly have to check myself because you know, we're not immune to having that unconscious bias about other people and about experiences that we don't have ourselves. So just be aware of that. Don't be afraid to engage people that might be able to bring in new perspective. Don't be someone stupid and say, oh, what's wrong with you? Or, oh, what happened to you? Don't ask questions like that. Res- you know, respect people as human beings, ask them respectful questions, and don't be afraid to to reach out and bring them into the mix for the value that they are going to bring. Wise words. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective with us. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I've loved it. You've been listening to Listen More with Paige Crystal Wilcox. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, head to my website, pagecrystalwilcox.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.